welcome back. Fourth win in a row. Feels good. It's fantastic, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. And, you know, uh, I think that uh, having uh, gone through that experience and seen that we have just uh, conquered adversity for the first time in a game that, as I said in my blog, would have last season ended up as a loss or a tie, I think that that was perfect. I know that we would have loved to spank Fulham like Liverpool spanked Bournemouth. But, again, retrospectively, I think that that's uh, better for Arsenal. It's better for Arsenal that it happened that way. Um, Probably better for Gabriel as well, that he had that moment uh, of redemption. And uh, I just wanted to to start by uh, talking about that, actually. I think it was in the documentary. Maybe it was an article, but either way... I remember reading, hearing, seeing about Gabriel, um, not Gabriel, but the Arteta um, giving the players the direction that when a player makes a mistake, he's encouraged and your job is to bail him out. It's not his job necessarily to bail himself out. Sometimes players try too hard. You've seen that one before and then make another mistake. Uh, but it's the job of the team because you're a team and it affects the team, so the team has to take that on their shoulders and bail that player out, everyone in it together. That's genius psychology. That's the way it should be. And that is a big, big positive. And another positive I wanted to uh, remember, remind, um, state, was um, that uh, at the end of the game, the fans all staying, all singing, all jumping, and the fact that Andy Gray and Richard Keyes didn't like it is even better. And the fact that they don't get it um, makes, me, <laughs> makes me furious. But it just makes me think of what I've thought for so many years, that we need to stop getting uh, names of celebrities to, uh, to be pundits and commentators on our, on our football. But I don't suppose that's going to change any time soon because those guys are so out of touch. Uh, no no understanding of context, you know. You've just won your fourth game in a row and gone top of the league in the last few minutes of the game and uh, and what that means to Arsenal and the fans. And you can see it. It wasn't just the players celebrating like they'd won the league in front of the fans. Not at all. It was, uh, it was the fans too. They all wanted to stay and jump and sing and sing the Saliba song. Um, but the the energy around Arsenal... I think might be there to stay, um, and at least it would survive through a barren run, the first barren run anyway. I think it would. I really think it would if that was to happen, because I think that there's so much belief, and because, and this is a really interesting thought. I think, not because I thought of it. I'm sure many people have thought of this, but you know when um, fans see that clubs are really making an effort to back the coach, do things the right way. And on so many levels, we're there, aren't we? We've been given more money than everybody else, really. And we've, um, as I said last week, we pressed the stop button on doing silly things and started to do the right things. You know, fans will give you all kinds of grace because uh, they see that it's not on you. There's no need to to be distressed or um, not so much distressed, but um, to be negative towards the owners, the coach or anybody. 
because the fans can see that everybody is now locked in together, heading in the same direction, thinking both short-term and long-term. And how many teams, I wonder, in Europe can say, or fans of teams in Europe can say, that their club is thinking both short-term and long-term, which is the ultimate goal for managing, uh, owning a football club. You have to think both ways, ideally. And some clubs, of course, in the past have just done one or the other. You know, gone long-term and it hasn't worked, perhaps, or because the short-term didn't lead to the uh, their ideas of the long-term, or they've just um, done the short-term thing. That's very popular, isn't it? And we've done that too. Anyway, there's a couple of positives I wanted to pick out of the game and just wanted to talk about the transfer window now. I said a lot about the game in my blog and uh, just talk about a few players that, uh, whose names may come up. Of course, the Tielemans, Neto um, transfers are still alive, I believe, and uh, I would be delighted if we got those two players. I think we're waiting for Leicester to get desperate as I think that they're a little poor, um, or they were, until they sold for Farnley to Chelsea, which I think has gone through, hasn't it? Um, so we'll see on that one. Uh, I do believe if Thomas Partey is out for a significant length of time that the club will most certainly buy another midfield and Tielemans would be uh, a good replacement. It is hard to find uh, an actual replacement for Thomas Partey that can do everything that he can do uh, with just short notice, but um, I would be uh, delighted with Tielemans. I think that the energy, again, at the club would would help him, you know, Um, and as long as he gave the same effort that the other players are giving, he'd be fine. So he'd have to change that somewhat because at Leicester, I think he's been giving less than his best for a little while. Uh, the Neto thing's exciting. Hope that happens. That would be great. I really do have a strong um, interest in the Ukrainian Midrick. Ever since I saw those clips and started to study him, I just think he's got something that we don't. So that would be my temptation. Uh, most certainly if there's a budget on this thing and we only have a certain amount of money for two positions. He would be a whole lot cheaper than Neto, half the price at least. Um, and I don't think that we are going to get a striker. I've been harping on about the need for somebody like Cavani for a, a long time, but I do have a thought here. Um, I'm not in the camp, the popular camp of Adama Traore is rubbish. I don't think that at all. Um, Maybe I've just watched the wrong games. I see a player, and he's criticised for his end products, and I see a player that seems to have really good end product, not always assists, but delivers some fine crosses. And it's useless me talking about his other qualities. They're obvious, his strength and his, uh, his speed. Um, I think that's, that's clear, but uh, here's a thought, just throwing that out there. Likely not going to happen, just going to say it. If Arsenal wanted a centre-forward option, a target man option, a big, strong guy option, and they need a winger, then what about Traore? I know he's not a big-time goalscorer, but that's not the reason that, for me anyway, that I would buy another striker. It's a backup plan. Perfectly content with Jesus 
and Enketia, Jesus and Enketia, for sure. But there will be games where we wish we had one. And at the very least, he'd be a disruption at centre-forward. You, you can sense that when he comes on. I don't think that the Premier League thinks that he's useless, like some of the fans do, because the guy has to cover himself in Vaseline to play because he's been grabbed all the time and he's always attracting the crowd because one player can't handle him. So, even if it's to the benefit of others. And I've sort of got a desire also to not have a, another inverted winger on Saka's side. I'm not sure if... I don't know. I, I can see benefits both ways. You know, having a replica of Saka might help the team stay in rhythm. But having the option of somebody going around the outside would be nice too. So... So there's that. Um, I will tell you that as much as Mitrovic annoyed me at times today, um, I admire him. And I know that he didn't do so well in the Premier League last time around, but I see a player that is a very, very big threat to any team in world football, not because he's a brilliant footballer, but because what he's good at, he's really good at. You know, who is it he just almost chucked to the ground or, or played piggyback on um, on the corner that, that Ramsdale had to save? You know, it was either Gabriel or, or Saliba, and that can't be easy. And he seems to have that as a habit. He did it to Alexander-Arnold at the far post earlier in the season, just making monkeys out of of people. Maybe that's not the right term, but I know you get my point. Um, anyway, he has consistently done that in his career. He's on a roll as far as goal scoring is concerned. And I don't think he would come to Arsenal to be third-choice striker. Not that we would sell it to him that way, though. We would uh, tell him that... Uh, He's got every chance of competing, because he, he would. But, uh, boy, if you had him as an option, just as an option, my goodness. Uh, anyway, moving on, um, here's another player that seems to have come up again. It seems like once every three weeks we hear about Marco Asensio. I'm not sure how much people have seen of him, because, of course, he's been injured for, for quite a while. I was actually at the game where he, I think he tore his ACL, um, it was up in, uh, I think it was in Washington, we were watching Arsenal-Real Madrid pre-season friendly the beginning of last season, I think it was. And uh, now he's a good player. He's, to me, more of a good footballer. Who can I compare him to? Just somebody who just thinks he's an all-around good footballer. But I don't know if he is what I would want um, he's very handsome. The ladies would love him. He would compete with Mr White as the most handsome chap at Arsenal, as far as the ladies are concerned. And we've got quite a few handsome ones. I think they like Smith, Rowe and Odegaard as well, right? Um, so, so there's that, but that's not the reason to sign a player, is it, really? Um, he's a good player. He's got a wonderful effort, great shot, good vision, just an all-around good footballer. I just don't see him as a winger, and that's where he plays, which is probably what I'm trying to say. Anyway. Okay. A couple of others. 
here before we close, uh, there were rumours about a month ago that we were going to look at upgrading at left centre-back uh, backup to Gabriel or competition, and the taps over was one that was mentioned uh, quite often. He's a super player. Loved him for a long time. He would be a wonderful signing. Um, just don't know if you've got the money to get a winger or a midfielder and, and spend 50 million on an alternative in that position. So I'd be very surprised if we... We might wait wait till January or next year for that. But And then there's always Evan and Dicker. He, he, his name, he's becoming almost like, um, Igu- uh, not Iguain. who are those players that come up every transfer window uh, that Arsenal are supposed to sign and, um, oh gosh, oh, well there's Solomon Kalou. He is the Solomon Kalou, he's starting to be. Every transfer window, for a little while, you hear about Evan and Dicker and Arsenal are interested. So, uh, I like him too. Uh, taps over his right-footed, but plays left centre-back more more than right. But the Dicker is left-footed. Um, he's a good player. Of course, he was part of the team that won the Europa League last year with Untrack Frankfurt. And they're, they're not doing so well this season. Um, but that's one I just thought we might keep our eye on. Uh, the Thomas Partey thing is very concerning, I'm sure, to all of us. If He is going to come back sometime soon and... There's also the thought, if you weren't going to sign a player, you could move Zinchenko, of course, would do a fabulous job there, I'm sure. Um, ben White. Would Ben White do a fabulous job there? Uh, like Zinchenko, is just a very good footballer, as he's proven moving to, uh, to right back. Uh, I bet you he'd do a really good job there. So there's a couple of alternatives in the squad. Um, and every time I think of this midfielder coming in, and whether it's going to happen, I think of Charlie Patino. And he I know he was lighting it up at Blackpool before he got hurt. Um, but surely the club are keeping a pathway for him. And the logical thought is he is Granite Xhaka's long-term replacement. When Granite Xhaka is done, even though it's said every transfer window that he's going to be replaced, Patino would play the same position in the Arsenal team. And it's not going to happen this season, of course. But do you sign a player that would block that path? What's going to happen with Lekonga? Are we going to, if we sign somebody like Tielemans and Partey still available to play, do we loan out or sell Lekonga? There's been rumours, I know, I think it's Roma are interested. And be okay that the young player coming through Patino, again, is going to be somebody that will add depth in the future. So there's a lot going on, I'm sure. Uh, I feel like something will happen because the club seem determined. Uh, They haven't tried to pretend that they're not, and in the past that's happened, and that's how they normally communicate. Uh, Even if they buy somebody, they pretend that they're not going to. But they're not doing that. So I know something's going to happen. Um, and I would imagine it'll be a winger first, and I'd imagine we'll find out about it probably today. That's a guess. No idea. See you later. Cheers.